Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Business Women Australia podcast featuring industry leaders who bring their wealth of expertise from diverse areas to help you build a successful business. Now, onto the show. And welcome to another episode of Business Women Australia podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says, life is not happening to you but for you to learn and grow. Joining me on today's show is Cindy Scott. Cindy has been an executive coach and a corporate trainer until a second diagnosis with breast cancer in February 2020 when she shut down her business and sought treatment. Now, amidst her darkest days of chemo, Cindy created a book that she wishes she had received on diagnosis, and it's called The Healing Journal. Now, she also has created an online program called the Cancer Companion Course for women who are journeying with cancer in a range of healing gifts to help people navigate change and connect with their inner resources. Now, on today's show, Cindy is going to share that resilience, it is a choice. You are stronger than you think or believe. She's going to talk about how life can and often will throw curveballs to us, but it's in these moments that can truly test our nettle or metal and define us and tuning into our bodies and heeding their messages. So welcome to the show, Cindy. Thanks so much, Anne-Marie. Lovely to be here. And lovely to have you here too. You know, so often we uh, have wonderful conversations, which I know we will today with you on the podcast, but with women and leaders who have gone through what you have said, you know, in the introduction, some of the darkest days, but through that have come out the other side and now share a a story, uh, a beacon of hope, if you will, a message of hope that uh, others who perhaps are going through that or maybe just at the start of that journey can then turn to. And as we said in the introduction, when you went through that, you wished someone had have given you that book at the beginning of your journey. And as many leaders, what they do is if something is not there, they go out and create it for others. And uh, so take us back to, to that time, if you will. And so uh, through that journey, because so many uh, people, women, men even, may not be going through a cancer journey, but a journey that has prompted significant change uh, with a lot of circumstances now out of their control. What are some insights that you can share with them today? Yeah, absolutely. So January mm-hmm. last year, January 2020, Um, Like many people, I thought it was going to be the most amazing year. There was this magical ring about it, and I thought, this is my year. And I thought, so many magical things are going to happen. I was six weeks out from getting married and my second time around, and um, I had my business plan in place. Business was looking amazing. I was fitter than I've ever been. And then, wham, you know, blindsided by a second diagnosis with breast cancer. And I think it just goes to show that, just when you think you've got your life all in nice, neat little boxes and it's all filed neatly and, and in order, 
something will, you know, pull that carpet from under you and you think, what is happening? Why me? Why now? And for me, why again? Why am I getting struck with breast cancer a second time? So, of course, that's going to throw your world upside down. And I think for me, cancer is, you know, the story, my story. But for many people, it could be could be job loss, it could be divorce, it could be a health matter, it could be COVID. I mean, we struggle on many levels with different adversities. And I guess my unique story is, is two times through breast cancer. But I think for everyone, you, you're, it's met with that sort of deer in headlights, like what's happening? And I'm, you just sort of get frozen and you don't know how to make decisions in that time because your your body's over overwhelmed. Yes. Um, very so natural Oh, it is. And, you know, what? one of the things we're going to talk about today and now is resilience. And I love the way that you say resilience is a choice. You're stronger than you think or believe. Was that something that you recognised early on or was that something that you became more aware of as the time went on and you were, as, as I said, you know, kind of going through some of those darkest days? How how did that lesson show up for you? I think great question. Um I don't know that I necessarily had that wisdom earlier in my life. I mean, I turned 50 earlier this year. Um, and as I reflect now on my life, like I'm probably over the halfway point, I've been fired. I've been made redundant. I've gone through a colossal divorce and I've been through breast cancer twice. So one thing I do know for sure is change is one constant in life. And for me, it seems to be um, you know, something that I've needed to deal with along the way. And I guess when you're confronted with things that challenge you, shake your world upside down and make you question who you are, you really do tap into some inner resources that are more deep and strong than you actually ever know. Um, so until your metal is tested, you don't really know how strong you are, but we are strong um, beyond our wildest you know, thoughts and beliefs. Yeah. You know, one of the activities that I have often done, and every now and again, we see this shared on Facebook and other platforms. It's such as if you could go back and say something, whisper something to your younger self, what would you whisper? If you were to go back to say January, February, around that early stages uh, in 2020, Sydney, what, what would you whisper to yourself? <laughs> There's probably a few things, but I think the first thing that comes to mind is slow down. Like I was on this treadmill, go, go, gadget, and thinking I had to be so busy and constantly striving and constantly achieving. Um, and a lot of that's just a, a figment of our imagination. And I, and I see this with women all around us, you know, particularly entrepreneurs, women trying to run their own businesses and continue to strive and push and, and make it all happen, that whole self-care piece can feel like, you know, it's something that you, it's an, it's a, a luxury that you don't have time for and you, you can't really give yourself time to take time out, to breathe, to meditate, to do yoga, to do a retreat, whatever it is that brings you calm. It could be just having a bath or going for a walk in nature. Um, but slow down, like it doesn't need to be, you don't need to run the marathon, you can actually walk it. <laughs> yeah. You know, something about, about that, and I can absolutely relate, and I'm sure if we were sitting across the table to other women, they would uh, agree that that's something that they deal with on a regular basis. It's, and it's almost as if we do take a break 
Uh, or I, I know someone quite close to me would message me, said, I need to tell someone because I kind of feel guilty. So I, I'm not feeling so guilty if I share. Says, I'm taking a nap. And I just yeah. think, nap, take two naps if you need because you will come back far more productive, far more clear in the, in the mind and in the headspace. What is it about us that if we do take a break or if someone else is on the go all the time and that's just their stamina, if you will, we have different um, aspects. You might have younger children, you know, all sorts of different parameters at play. But what is it about us women that continue to, you know, almost feel guilty, if you will, for, for taking a break, for needing to have some some time to slow down? I think there's um, a cultural overlay here that encourages us, particularly women, you know, like we want it all, don't we? We want to be educated. We want to have a family. We want to have a great home. We want to have a business or a, a great job. Um, but all of that comes at a cost. And I think while we're conditioned to think we can have it all and we need to continue to strive and we need to be successful and success looks like this, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, we're, we're oriented towards progress and profit, um, productivity, um, and those things don't necessarily serve us if we're out of balance. You know, if yeah. we're not actually balancing that with some calm, um, mm. some stillness. Yes, and I know one of the things and that you want to talk about, and you've kind of touched on it around tuning into our bodies and heeding their messages. What you're talking about is slow down, pace yourself, because you know the body. If we don't listen to it, the body will take over, won't it? And there will be certain illnesses. And it's not till something like that happens that you realise everything really does revolve around physical well-being, mental well-being, emotional well-being. And unless there's time in our diaries and our calendars to give us the space to do that, how can we run efficiently, effectively on an em empty tank? We wouldn't expect that of our motor vehicles, would we? So why no. on earth would we expect that on ourselves? Is that something that you found you started? I mean, obviously you needed to because there was a health issue and you needed to address that. But now are you finding more that you are mindful about the diary? What other practical steps are you now implementing? Yeah, um, I definitely find like our body is wise beyond, you know, our knowing. And I think we'll get a little whisper and then we'll get a little tap and then we get a full on slap to say, hey, wake up and listen. You know, there's something not quite in alignment here. And so for me, I probably missed the whisper and the tap and I got, you know, straight to the slap. And I, I would love to encourage women to tune in more. And, you know, for them, that that stress response might be, I'm exhausted, I'm not sleeping well, I've got gut issues, um, you know, I don't have the energy that I once did. Like there's so many ways that our body can be communicating with us. I might have tension in my neck or my back's out or, you know, there's always these little niggly things and there's signs that your body's communicating to you that something's not quite right. So heed the call earlier in the whisper stage, not the um, tap or the slap. Yeah. But yes, in answer to your question, Anne-Marie, last year, particularly through treatment, I took myself on like a special project and I thought, right, I'm going to throw everything at my healing. I'm going to read tons of books. I'm going to do every complementary therapy I can think of and that I can afford. And so I did a whole range of different things. One, I looked at gut health because I believe that our health actually starts with our nutrition. And if our gut isn't healthy and the microbiome happy in our gut, then the whole rest, you know, all the other systems can actually get out of out of alignment. 
I personally value um, lymphatic drainage massage or relaxation massage to actually help bring calm to my muscles and to, to put me into that state of relaxation. I love to meditate and through treatment particularly, I was meditating twice a day. It was like a demon, you know, I was like, I just, I want to find every possible way to calm my nervous system because I was so anxious and overrun with the stress of a diagnosis and diving straight into surgeries and chemo. Um, it was a lot to take on. So any ways that help someone to bring more calm, like it might be a bath or a walk in nature or go for a walk on the beach or just sit in the sunshine, garden, whatever it is, read a book, journal, whatever it is for you that helps bring calm and soothes your soul, do more of that. Oh, so much more of that. And I mean, there may be um, certain aspects that, you know, you've said uh, lymphatic um, brain muscles, massage and so forth. I mean, there's some some of us in parts of Australia, I won't mention where, that uh, may not be able to do do that. But it's finding the things that are in your control. And I think sometimes it's the simplest thing going out today. I, my husband was doing some work and I went out and had a cup of coffee and I just stood out in the sun and I thought the sun is beautiful at the moment. It's at a warmth that you can stand in there, you know, absorbing vitamin D, which we all know that we never get enough of. It's those simplest things that we so often take for granted, isn't it? And then we realize when we start to intentionally put that in our diaries and do that regularly and see it as a real gift um, to be able to do that, it changes a lot, doesn't it, in just our approach to that? Have you found that too? Oh, absolutely. Like I think one of the things I consciously do every day now is try to have more space between things, whereas before I would book up appointments back to back and it would be by the minute I'd be on to the next meeting, whereas now I'll give myself half an hour between and I might be able to check on a couple of emails or make myself a cup of tea. So like for me, tea is that self-love ritual of like, okay, I'm going to just take some pause right now and I might even go and sit outside if it's nice and enjoy that cup of tea for 10, 10 minutes or so. And then I feel more recharged to go back into the next thing. So I like to create more space between um, rather than racing all the time. I enjoy everything much more when I'm not racing, when I can be more Oh, absolutely. I remember years ago, I attended a business network uh, summit and one of the speakers there uh, was a guy and a uh, man and he was saying that, you know, every minute you need to be accountable. I said, if I'm driving somewhere, I'm also on the phone. And if I've got five minutes, I'm also on the And prior to him saying all those steps of what he did, he shared a story where he had had chronic fatigue and all sorts. And as he was sharing his lifestyle, I'm thinking, I think I'm getting a dose of chronic fatigue just listening <laughs> to your schedule. And, I, you know, and I, and I hope that through our conversation that we realise that being on the go consistently with every minute of your day accounted for does not make you productive, does it? There's almost like this... I, um, I don't know who who I heard this of. It's like a badge of honour when someone says, "Who are you?" Oh, I'm so busy, so so busy, flat out. And it's kind of you, you know we we take pride in that, don't we? I mean, imagine if we said, "Actually, I've got everything under control." I spent half an hour, you know, writing in my journal the other day. It's almost like we don't say that, but it's so important, isn't it? 
Totally. No, I think we've got to eliminate that badge of honour to think that being busy is some sign of success because it's not. And when I hear someone say that, I, I went to an event, um, a fundraiser last week, and I met this beautiful uh, new-to-me woman. And um, I said, oh, you know, how's things? Because she's got a, a very senior job in a big company. And um, she said, no, life is good. She said it's very restful. And, um, you know, I have some challenge, like challenges in, in what I do. But I have lots of space and I thought wow great you know like instead of hearing I'm so busy and important you know I'm such a very important person I've got so much on my plate and no one else could possibly do what I'm doing because I'm so important you know when I hear that now I kind of challenge it a little bit to say well you know how's that working for you or are there ways you can find more calm um, because I don't think it serves anyone anyone and I think it is a recipe for getting sick. Oh, it certainly is. And I mean, just watching, isn't it? What are we doing? Are we rushing from one project to another? Gratitude, is that something that I've heard many years ago? You know, I would also hear colleagues talking about gratitude. For me, it was like, oh, yeah, I'm thankful for this, that, and the other. But there's real a real gift in the area of gratitude, and you can pull that apart, can't you? What are you grateful for, particularly if you have a look at projects rather than rushing from one to another? Reflect about what worked really well. Journal that. What are things that you want to, to remind yourself of next time there's so many things that we can look at that can be a learning experience a deepening experience if you will that yeah that so there's a lot of things that I think we take for granted is gratitude one of the things I'm sure that that you do regularly I actually talk about it in my book so gratitude giving thanks taking moments to pause and actually go look I'm just grateful the sun shining today and that warmth on my skin or the flower you know the flowers opened up in the garden or you know, this tea tastes beautiful. Like it can be the littlest things. But absolutely, I think when we have a focus on gratitude, then we can't be in a state of fear or anxiety or, you know, the more negative emotions. I think gratitude is a really important focus for us to stay in a more positive light. And so even in the, the thick of um, chemotherapy last year when I was feeling really, um, I felt, I felt woeful within myself. I looked like a cancer patient. I was bald and ugly and I, I just was really not in a good place. But I started asking myself, what's good in this moment? What have I got to be thankful for? And just that shift in thinking really helps to raise your spirit. It's not about putting a sugar coating on things. It's still about being, you know, a realist. But there were many things for me to be grateful for. Like I have all these beautiful supportive people around me that I have an opportunity to stop work to get treatment I've got a beautiful home to live in and a nice sanctuary to heal in you know the list goes on but there's plenty of of ways that I could offer thanks for what I had um, rather than look at what I didn't yeah and that's so true to begin to do that intentionally until the point where it starts to become quite a natural process that you do because so often and I'm sure we can all relate to this maybe you do too Cindy something happens and then we give it thought and that occurrence wasn't a positive and then all of a sudden we have all of the reasons why and then we go into blame and then there's anger and we can go down a continual spiral can't we and our what we're thinking our mind can impact our physiology you know our physical being our physiology and then that causes a whole lot of chemicals that again can continue to do uh, harm to our body and if we're constantly in that state and constantly allow ourselves to go down that thought pattern we have to be mindful and intentional and stopping ourselves from doing that 
and then slowly. Have you found that that's something as you're starting to speak to more people, sharing more about these wonderful resources, that it is a it is something that more and more people are starting to realise or they are doing that more? What have you, if you took a pulse in kind of the I communities? Think, I think our thoughts are very powerful and they are also made up. So we, are, we should never trust our thoughts. They're merely just thought bubbles that come up like clouds and they blow away. Um, we need to be more aware of the thoughts that, that come to our head because quite rightly they do affect our, our bodies. They affect what we carry in our bodies. Um, and I must admit, I'm, I'm, I've been an executive coach for about 10 years. And so when I was in the middle of chemotherapy and total victim, I was sitting on the couch feeling sorry for myself and, you know, um, totally had forgotten. I have this suite of coaching tools at the ready, you know. And one day I was at the chemo clinic and there's another lady, Gail, that was mirroring my treatment journey. We were about one week apart, but we would go every week at the same time and we'd often sit near each other and have chats and she just, you know, it was like this butterfly. She'd come flitting in and she'd spread joy everywhere and make everyone laugh. And like you would have thought she was one of the staff members, not one of the patients. And I thought, what on earth is going on here? She's getting the same drug cocktail that I am. She's on the same regime that I am. What, what is going on that's so different between her journey and mine? And it was all between our ears. Like she was really believing that this was her pathway to health. And I was thinking this is a pathway to hell. Like I really didn't think that all these chemicals being poured in my body was actually going to help. So I started tapping into my coaching um, training and my, my toolkit of resources. And I thought, oh, I've got to totally shift the way that I'm thinking about my experience. And that made all the difference. Yes. And I would imagine that that would impact uh, your travel to to the clinic as you were there, the experiences, the conversations that you started to, to have. And also, I would imagine, too, the healing process because mm. the body catches up to what the you're feeding it and, and you feed it from what's going on in your mind, isn't totally. it? Totally. And that's why I think mindfulness and, and doing meditation, that's why I was meditating twice a day, just to try and calm and get those thoughts even quieter down so that I could actually bring healing to my body at a cellular level. So, so important. Yeah. It's so, I don't think we, we or many of us, don't give credit to really the, the impact that our thoughts have. I, I'll, I'll share something and hopefully people won't think, what on earth did she do? I used to have a little, little dog, a Maltese dog, and he would sit in my office. Now, anytime I would get frustrated, like move the mouse around whatever he was out the door because he could feel that tension and I thought you know what they always say animals can pick up things can sense things so I remember sitting behind you know with my back towards him and I started imagining myself getting I didn't move anything or make any loud noises I was just you know in, increasing the intensity if you will of frustration and he just got himself up and left they can sense those things and so if that's happening then imagine what's happening to the cells in our body, you know, when we continue to do that and on an ongoing basis, particularly we're talking about, you know, when life throws us curveballs, it's really how we respond. I mean, each and every one of us, you know, goes through, um, you know, valleys and, and mountains, but it's in those valleys what we do, how we handle that, what we think about that can make an incredible impact on how quickly we go through that, isn't that? isn't it absolutely i liken it to um and i've introduced this in my book um four internal seasons that we all go through no matter like it's kind of like a cycle so we start in autumn when we're you know confronted with a diagnosis or some change 
So it's kind of like life as usual. And then when you think about what happens in autumn, you know, the trees lose their leaves and that those leaves become compost and we move into winter, the internal season of winter where we're like the bear that goes into the cave to hibernate. And that was, you know, we, we become more contemplative and quiet and still. And that can be a place of discomfort for some people who don't want to sit still and, and actually have to be um, with their own thoughts. But then we come out the other side into spring and it's like, oh, there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's hope. There's new new ideas and possibilities. So we come out into spring and then out into summer, which is just the full glory and essence of nature. The flowers are, you know, in their prime. We're harvesting um, fruits and vegetables at that time. So we're really in that time of celebration and summer is just fun. It's full of parties and connection. So I like to think of it as um, the internal seasons that we go through and for wherever you're at in your life, have a think about which season you're in because it will pass. We, we would love to stay in the spring and the summer all the time, wouldn't we, where it's all fun and, you know, sunshine and warmth. But autumn and winter are necessary seasons as well and winter always precedes spring. So it is a cycle. We do go through. And so even though I was in the thick of chemo, I could see that, it was going to pass and I was going to get to the other side. Yes. I love that. Love that analogy. And, you know, we can use that in any areas of our life when you're dealing with a health issue, when we're dealing with a challenge in our business or even, you know, in our personal lives as well. And sometimes, you know, to recognize what season am I in and in this season, how can I best support myself? You bet. I mean, I think that that is in, incredible. Tell us more about how people can find out how to contact you, um, the healing journal, what can they expect, um, you know, through all of those good things. Oh, yes, please do. I'll show you the book. <laughs> Shameless plug. So um, this is the healing journal. So it's a nice hard cover. It's got a beautiful um, band to keep it closed. So it's for your precious thoughts and feelings. Um the book actually goes through seasons, so you'll find that there's different seasons depending on where you're at in your journey. There's lots of journaling pages, a bit of my story, some self-inquiry questions, mindfulness practices. And at the back of the book, there's a whole section for your health records. So you can put your medical team information, you can put your, you know, how you've pulled up from each chemo or radiation treatment, your surgeries, etc. So it's a beautiful guidebook um, with full of practical tools to help support someone going through any type of cancer treatment. Yeah. I've also developed in conjunction with this, this is a workbook that goes with the online course. So it's called the Cancer Companion Course. And so you can follow along with the 12 chapters in the book um, with the online course as well. So for anyone who's struggling with a cancer diagnosis or maybe in, in treatment already, but really struggling with the more emotional and psychological aspects of treatment um yeah, yeah. these are great tools to help someone go through those yeah and cindy you also said that you did executive coaching as well and and corporate training are you still offering that um to i am still working in that space what i'm finding now is that um i seem to be attracting women who are more at a, an executive level in organizations or in their own business confronted with a cancer diagnosis and struggling with more the elements around their career and their identity so like who am i now post um, chemo, post-cancer. And, and also I do resilience training too. So a couple of new additions to the way that I've been working. 
Um, absolutely. But resilience seems to be so topical right now um, and so what teams need and organisations need to move forward. Yeah, and what a beautiful gift that you can give others who maybe are going through something like that. It's so true, isn't it? I mean, going through that, um, sometimes we often feel that we're alone in that, that no one understands us. We don't have someone that we can talk to. So having yourself that have gone through that, you're aware of the stages and you can help someone navigate through that. And just being able to share you know, what you're feeling or what you're struggling with, what you're going through with someone who's said, you know what, I've got you because been there myself can be incredibly helpful can't it and i think the sad thing is that one in two people get cancer before the age of 85 so if it's not you it's probably someone you love um and i think that's a really sad statistic but it's the reality that we're confronted with so it is so common now and i know the natural response um, natural human response is to retreat and hibernate and think that you're going it alone and that no one could really understand you and what you're going through but the reality is lots of people have um so I, I don't think it's a time that you should be alone unless that's the way you you do process things but for those like me i'm a, a social creature i i really needed people around me and i wanted to feel loved and supported um so certainly reaching out and um being vulnerable and allowing people to um support you is so so important so important so cindy what's the website one more time um, my website is evolvingwomen.co. So Evolving Women CO, and I'm sure that they can get a copy of the book and find out more about the Com Cancer Companion course there too, yes? It's all there. All there. Well, look, thank you so much for coming on the show, for sharing your journey, for sharing uh, how, you know, you came to create the Healing Journal, which uh, is something that, as you said, in, or as we said in the introduction, is something that you wished that you had have been given when you first got the, uh, well, the second, uh, first diagnosis, I'm sure, and definitely the second diagnosis. But now this is a beautiful gift that we can give someone who maybe we know that has just gotten the diagnosis. This would certainly support them too. And reach out to Cindy and uh, who knows, maybe in an upcoming Business Women Australia networking event, you can meet her personally. So thanks once again. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie.